Right? That what happens is he, you're not expressing in yourself a sincere and longing and uh, you're passionate for it. You really want this knowledge, right? It has become apparent to yourself that I really want this knowledge. Because now, like I said, this book right here, it is a handbook for all those students who want to learn about the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or a student of knowledge in general. Right? He says, this is what's going to quench your thirst, right? You, you, have, a, you have a passionate thirst for it, about this knowledge. Remember, al-hadis, you want it so bad, right? So you have to make sure to get to that level first, right? So he's saying that, you know, all these things, but we know, we know where, so we need to make it, we need to understand and we need to build a desire for learning this sacred knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? And he says, أَنَّكَ إِن كُنْتَ تَقْصِدُ بِطَلَبِ الْعِلْمِ الْمُنَافَسَةَ Right? He starts off right away. That if you intend to, uh, with this knowledge that you're gaining, if your intention is be, uh, to seek through this uh, learning, this knowledge, if your intention is to compete, right? To go ask questions to different scholars, like, hmm, you know, what do you think about it? Even though you already know the answer to it, right? If that is your intention, or وَالْمُبَاهَات Right? To show off, like, oh, subhanAllah, I'm starting Bidatul Hidayah by Imam Ghazali. Do you know who I am? Right? Mubahat. He says, To outdo your peers, right? Oh, I know more than this guy, right? This guy doesn't know anything, right? And then he's basically, he's humbling us right now. He's like, don't think you're anything. And to incline people towards yourself, if you, of all of these things, you're doing, you're learning the sacred knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to do any of these things. And the last thing he mentions here, and to amass the debris of this world, to amass any gain, worldly gain from this, uh, from this end, you are rushing towards destroying your deen. You are literally hastening towards rushing uh, to, to destroying your deen. So any of these things that I mentioned, right? The first one is munafasa, to show off, right? Not to show off, but to, uh, what's it called? He says here, uh, yeah, yeah, to compete, right? Munafasa is to compete, mubahat, uh, to show off, and uh, Quran, right? To uh, show off to your peers or to be better than your peers. right? To gain a garner attention towards yourself. What dunya, or to gain any single pleasure of dunya, then you're literally destroying yourself. And he says it right here. That's it. You're destroying yourself. You're selling your akhirah for your dunya. So he starts off right there. That any single talib or ilm or any student of knowledge, if this is your intention right now, then do not even come to the halaqah. Do not even come to this halaqah. This is Imam Ghazali is reminding you here. That if you think you're something or you're going to gain this knowledge to go show the other people that you have knowledge, it doesn't work like that. I'm sorry, buddy. Get out of this class. That's, that's basically what he's saying here. Right? And then he continues. He says, فَصَفْقَتُكَ خَاسِرًا He says, your, tra- your transaction is empty. Right? Your transaction is empty. He says, your business is profitless. Right? Because this is learning knowledge. Right? When you learn this knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we're, getting, we're doing it for what reason? To get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Now, you're, now this is kind of like your business, to get closer to Allah. Now you're doing it to show off to people and all these different things that he mentioned. It's profitless. It's just going to waste. It's going towards your own ihlaq and, your own, and you're destroying your own religion. And then, And your teacher, right? He says here, your teacher is aiding and assisting you on your sin. Right? Your teacher is aiding you and assisting you on committing this sin. That you want to go and show off to the world that I have learned something. And he's blaming not only the student, but the teacher as well. That look, subhanAllah, this is your student. Remember I told you the other day, Fawaz, we had a discussion, that when people look at you, right? Or people look at people who have knowledge, they attribute everything back to their teacher. Right? So they attribute everything back to your teacher. So that's what he's saying. That your teacher is literally aiding and assisting you on your journey upon your disobeying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَشَرِيكٌ لَكَ فِي خُسْرَانِكَ He's going to be, uh, he's a partner in you, a partner with you when it comes to your loss. Right? That you both are going down together. Because the people are going to look at your teacher, and they're going to look at you and your habits, and they're going to compare the two. وَهُوَ كَبَائِعِ سَيْفٍ مِنْ قَاتِرِ تَرِيقٍ كَمَا صلى الله عليه وسلم. Right? And it's like, imagine buying something from somebody who, uh, that, person had, that person stole it from somebody else, and he's selling it to you. 
So it's as if he's saying here that you're buying a sword from a highway robber. That's what he's saying here. So it's pointless, right? Because now this guy, even you know he got it from somewhere haram, right? Yeah, you're buying it anyway. So your business is profitless. There's no point. And then he says, وَمَنْ أَعَانَ عَلَى مَعْصِيَةٍ This is the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. Very, very important. Remember this. وَمَنْ أَعَانَ عَلَى مَعْصِيَةٍ وَلَوْ بِالشَّطْرِ كَلِمَةٍ كَانَ شَرِيكًا Whosoever assists a person upon a ma'asiyah, even if it's with half a word. A ma'asiyah is what? Doing a sin. Right? Ma'asiyah is a disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? The what is it? وَلَوْ بِالشَّطْرِ كَلِمَةٍ Even if it's with half a word. Right? You won't even have anything to do with it. Right? What's going to happen? كَانَ شَرِيكًا فِيهَا you are involved in that same action. Right? You are involved in that same action. Now, so this is what he's saying here. He's warning you guys, or he's reminding you, all of us here. He's saying that, look, that make sure that your intention is pure. Uh, the first hadith that you'll notice whenever you read Bukhari, or Imam Muslim's book, right? Sahih Bukhari, Sahih Muslim, or any other hadith book. The first hadith is, right? That indeed all actions are based on according to your intention. So that's what he's basing this off of here. Now he's saying, if your intention is not correct, well, it's it, right? It's batil. Batil in the Arabic, uh, the Arabic word batil means from the get-go, it's, it's gone. Right? One is batil and one is fasid. Batil from the beginning, from the root, from the sense, sense of time you started, your salah. Uh, you think, imagine salah, right? You're praying salah. You don't have wudu. Right? You don't have wudu. Does, would your salah count from the beginning? At all? Let's say now, in, you're now you're in salah. And then you break your wudu. So your salah becomes fasted at that point. Fasted means it started off good and then it became fasted. Batil means from the beginning, it's completely out. It doesn't even count from the beginning. So that's what he's saying here. So if you have any of these intentions with your knowledge, right? What are the things that I talked about? What, what are the things? Um, showing off. Showing off. Competing with your peers. Competing with your peers. For attention. For attention. One more thing. the world. Yeah, yes, to, yeah, to garner attention or to gain any worldly benefit, that's it. It's about it from the Just forget about it. Right? And now he, on the flip side, now he said, now he's, you know, he's giving us some hope here. He says, Now, if your intention is for what? And your, your intention and your qast is between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, min right? From learning this knowledge, what is it? Al-hidayah duna mujarad al-riwayah. Right? That you're actually looking for proper hidayah. Right? You're not just sitting here for, you know, just to, just to listen to the riwayat or different. You want to actually seek guidance. And this is why, remember I told you, this is very, very important for any student of knowledge that he's telling us here. Right? He's saying, but if in seeking knowledge, your aim and intention is between Allah and Most High and yourself, is to gain guidance and not simply the transmission of information. Right? If I just sit here, right, all night, and I'm just telling you guys these things, and you just go home, and that's it. Right? So if we just forget about it, there's no point, right? So that's what he's saying. Your intention, so whenever you guys come here, right, your intention is to be, what? Hidayah, right? This is, the, this is the beginning of Hidayah here. This is the whole book it's based on. Bidayatul Hidayah. You are starting off your journey of guiding yourself back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he says here, inshallah, if you guys have any questions, don't, don't feel shy to ask, okay? Fa'abshir. So glad tidings to you. Right? If that's your intention, al-hidayah, duna mujarrad al-riwayah, right? Not simply just sit here and listen to the transmission. Uh, then what's going to happen? Fa'abshir, be happy, be happy for yourself. Because what do the angels do for this person whose intention is just hidayah, for true guidance? The angels spread their wings underneath this person when they come seek knowledge. Right? Inshallah, we all had this good intention to come here and seek knowledge. The angels, which is such a pure creation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, spread their wings underneath your feet. We know how our we know our own mistakes in our own in our own flaws. But subhanAllah appoints these angels to spread their wings underneath those students of knowledge. And not only that, what else does he say? He says, um ah. And those fish in the sea, the ones that we do not know about, or the ones that we can't, we can't, you know, see them, we can't hear them, you know, they're making, they're seeking istighfar for you, right? They're asking Allah to forgive the student of knowledge. As you strive, these same fish in the sea are making dua for you, right? We don't think about these things. We think of it like you know, it's just. But subhanAllah, right? All these different types. This is just a, 
a uh, what's it called? The pedestal that Allah holds for a person seeking His knowledge, right? Allah Allah holds such a high pedestal for that person. There's another hadith of the Prophet that says, "Man salaka tariqan ilman." Whosoever treads a path so that he may seek the knowledge of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, sahr Allahu lahu tariqan in the jannah. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala makes that the, the path for jannah, for jannah easy for him. The path of jannah easy for him. So khair inshallah, everybody's understanding so far. Any questions? Any concerns? Nothing. All right, khair inshallah. So walakin, but yambari laka an ta'lam qabla kulli shayin. Right? It is befitting for you to know before anything, before anything, before you start going ahead and thinking about something. Right? You know, an al hidayah allati hiya thamaratul ain. Right? That this hidayah is like the fruit. It is a fruit of knowledge. He says. Right? It has a beginning, it has an end, it has an outward aspect, and it has an, it has an inward essence. Right? So subhanAllah, we're over here thinking like, man, we just thought Hidayah was Hidayah. So he's explaining to you what Hidayah is. It has, what well, he just mentioned here, right? it has a beginning, it has an end, it has an apparency in itself. It has an inward essence which we don't know. But inshallah, we're going to tackle all these things as we go along, inshallah. So, khair. It says, وَلَا وَصُولَ إِلَى نِهَايَتِهَا إِلَّا There is no way to reach the end without mastering the beginning. Just as there is no way to discover the inner essence of it until you arrive at an understanding of its outward. Right? Again, I'm going to mention this one more time, so I want you guys to pay attention, right? There is no way to reach the end without mastering the beginning. Just as there is no way to discover the inner essence of it until you have arrived at an understanding of its outward. Can anybody explain that? I, I saw a sneak peek of the bug, and it's like how you live your life, it, that's the be- you're not going to reach the end until you fix that beginning. Of it, like the way you, like he starts off with uh, how you wake up in the morning, how you go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. You need to have that fixed first before you can reach the end. Okay. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point, mashallah. But even before that, even before that, right? Because you know, inside itself, human beings yourself, we also, like you said, we have a beginning, we have an end. But what is our beginning? What is our beginning? Our iman is our beginning, right? Just like for a disbeliever, if he accepts his, his Islam. Where is his beginning start between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? When he, when he accepts Islam, right? So this is what he's saying. He said, there is no way to reach the end without mastering the beginning. You need to make sure that your iman is strong first. That's your faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why you have the articles of faith, right? Amantu billahi wa malaikatihi wa kutubihi wa So you need to master the beginning first. Which is your faith and your conviction in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before you try to reach the end. Right? Imagine if someone's trying to play football, right? And, uh, and what's it called? Um, they just throw him in the team right there, right? Without having no previous experience. He's gonna get rocked, right? It's a rap for him, right? One tackle and it's game over. Rest in peace with this guy, right? So obviously, why did, we put you through, why did they put you through conditioning so they can prepare you to get on the football field? And this right here is the conditioning for our iman. It is conditioning for our soul in our, to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the beginning. Just as there is, there, there is no way to discover the inner essence of it until you have arrived at an understanding of its outward. Now he says here, Now he's starting off with the definition of hidayah. This is nothing yet. He's just telling you that look, you want to seek knowledge now? So get all those other things out of your mind. Get out the, the thought of you know, showing off to people, or you know, doing it for some worldly gain, or to you know, all these get that out of your mind. Whenever we're seeking the knowledge of Allah, what is our main our main goal? You mentioned earlier, closer to Allah. Looking for proper hidayah. Looking for proper hidayah and reaching Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Right. So that is our goal. So whenever we come here, inshallah, right, our main intention should be to seek the hidayah of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Right. To seek the guidance, right, of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So now he says, Here I'm going to point out to you the beginning of guidance. Right? For you to see where you stand and determine where your heart, what, what your heart intends. 
And says, فَإِنْ صَادَفْتَ قَلْبَكَ إِلَيْهَا مَائِلًا وَنَفْسَكَ بِهَا مُطَاوِعَةً وَلَهَا قَابِلَةً فَدُونَكَ وَالتَّطَلُّعَ إِلَى النِّهَايَاتِ وَالتَّغَلْغُلَ إِلَى بِحَارِ الْعُلُومِ If you find your heart inclining toward it and find yourself uh, compliant and receptive, then look, at, uh, look to the end of it and immerse yourself in the oceans of this knowledge. Right? Just take it all in. Right? Just embrace this knowledge that is coming towards you. That's what he's basically saying in a nutshell. Right? Then look, if you really, really want to learn, if your heart is actually inclined towards this knowledge, right, then take it on fully. Right? Don't just, don't half-ass it. Go fully. Right? Go fully ready for this knowledge. I want to learn, if I'm going to, if I'm going to learn knowledge, I'm going to learn it properly. Right? And he says here, that's what he's saying. If, on the other hand, he says, وَإِن صَادَفْتَ قَلْبَكَ عِنْدَ مُؤَاخَذَتِكَ إِيَّاهُ بِهَا مُسَوِّفًا وَبِالْعَمْلِ بِمُقْتَضَاهَا مُمَاطِلًا Right? Now he says, if on the other hand, you find that in taking stock of it, your heart puts off, puts off starting it or asks for more time in responding to its demand, then no. Right? He says here, فَعْلَمْ أَنَّ نَفْسَكَ الْمَائِلَةَ إِلَىٰ طَلَبِ الْعِلْمِ هِيَ النَّفْسُ الْأَمَّارَةُ بِالسُّوءِ Right? He says that know that the part of your lower self wanting knowledge is that the self commands to evil, which has risen up out of uh, obedience to the accursed shaitan. Right? Subhanallah. The way that he puts it here, right? He's saying on this on this side of the spectrum that if you're sitting here but you don't feel inclined, right? You know, nafs is subhanallah is such a thing, right? Nafs uh, nafs al amara, right? You know, we talk about uh, nafs al amara in Surah Yusuf. That nafsul amara, nafs is of three types, okay? I'm going to explain this one because this is what he's talking about right here. You have nafsul amara, you have nafsul mutma'inna, and you have, you have nafsul lawama. Right? So we're going to talk about nafsul amara here first. Again, I'll do it one more time. You have nafsul amara, you have nafsul mutma'inna, and you have nafsul lawama. Any question? Oh, okay. Right? Everybody got that? So what is nafs al-ammara? It is that part of your nafs that is always inclining you towards evil, right? And your nafs and shaitan work together, right? Your nafs and shaitan, they work together. I was talking about this yesterday with these guys, that every single person, Rasulullah mentioned that every single person is born to shaitan. Every single person is born to shaitan. Even the Aisha, even you, Ya Rasulullah, you're born to shaitan as well? And so he said, yes, even me. But my shaitan has submitted for the will, to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we cannot say the same for our, our shaitan, right? We cannot say that at all, right? Because our shaitan, we feel in ourselves that we're committing sins on a regular basis. And our nafs, imagine like this. I'm going to put it very simple. Imagine you, your, your, your body is like an automobile. It's like a car, right? You want your ruh to be driving that car, right? Your ruh, your nafs, and your shaitan, they're all in this car. Now, if your nafs and shaitan are driving you towards, what are they going to drive you towards? Jahannam. They're going to be driving you away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is the promise that shaitan made to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Anybody? Lead us all astray. Huh? Lead us all astray. Lead us all astray, right? I'm going to misguide all of them together. Right? And but what did he say after that? There is an istitna. Illa ibadaka minhumul mukhlasin. Except your sincere ibad and your sincere servants. Right? So that's what he's saying. Right? So we need to ask ourselves, are we sincere? Are we truly sincere? That's what Imam Ghazali is trying to tell you and make you think that are you truly sincere when you're sitting here and you're actually trying to seek hidayah? Is, is your intention actually to seek this knowledge for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to gain this hidayah and guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Or is your intention corrupt and you want to go do something else? Right? And so getting back to what I was the example, and now you have your ruh. Which is such a pure creation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's always trying to drive you towards Jannah. It's always trying to drive you towards, toward, uh, drive you towards Jannah. All these good actions that we carry out, our ruh has an effect on that. So that is basically an example of Nasr al-Amara. Amara is always trying to drive you towards evil, no matter what it is. Even in the ayah, uh, why did, uh, why did um, Yusuf Aisabi mention that? Right? When he talks about when he got his emancipation from jail, he said, that even me, I'm not free from any type of, what's it called? Because you remember the whole uh, incident that happened between him and Sulaikha, right? Everybody know about that? When uh, the wife of the, um, of the king tried to seduce Yusuf salam, right? She was at fault 100%, right? But the Quran mentions, وَلَقَدْ هَمَّتْ بِهِ وَهَمَّتْ بِهَا 
that she wanted him, like not wanted like that, but like she wanted to like do something. He had this feeling towards her as well. But that's why Yusuf is saying this later. I'm not absolving myself from anything. I too was at fault. Right? The nafs al-amara, it will lead you towards evil. Illa ma rahima rabbi. Except for that person who Allah has his rahmah on. Right? So this is, subhanAllah, if a prophet is saying this, that I am not absolved from nafs al-amara, even though the prophets have this isma in the protection from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then who are we? Right? Who are we to say that, oh, we are protected from Allah? It is Ramadan, it's the last 10 days of Ramadan, we should be good inshallah. No, we're never safe from the traps of shaitan and the traps of the nafs. Right? It's always going to keep driving us deeper and deeper and deeper. And it becomes an endless cycle of following your nafs. Inshallah. And then he says, Yeah, uh, And then he's saying here, uh, Shaitan's strategy is to, th- uh, is to throw you the rope of deceit. To throw you the rope of deceit, then pull you in by, uh, to the abyss of destruction. Right? Shaitan is giving us all these things on a silver pl- platter. Hey, go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Do that. No problem, inshallah. It'll be fine. Don't worry. Right? Don't, don't ask for Allah's forgiveness right now. Just go ahead and commit that sin. No problem. Worry about it later. Don't worry about it. Allah is the rahim And that's him giving you that rope. That's giving you that rope. Allah is giving us one rope, which is what? Which is, what is the rope of Allah? It's mentioned in the Quran. Right? The habl of Allah, the rope of Allah is the Quran. Right? The rope of Allah is the Quran. Do not separate from this Quran. The habl of Allah, the rope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the holy Quran. But the rope of shaitan is what? Deceit. And he, as soon as we fall into that, he's already winning. He's pulling us in with that rope. He's like, you know what? I got these guys. I got them. Alright? Then pull, uh, then pull you in by, uh, uh, by it. Jaga, salam alaikum. Okay, I remember I Are you sleeping? No, just tell me we're having a class. Once again, I'm class going to Once again, the class. Okay, well, we'll try to keep a little bit quiet, inshallah. We'll try to stay a little more quiet. Okay, okay take it, inshallah. Once again, again, again. Yeah, inshallah, no problem. Okay. Shall I do with me? No, uncle, you're not a fault whatsoever. I know, I know. Don't worry, inshallah. You're good. <clears throat> anyway, getting back to the uh, what we were talking about earlier. Um, yeah. So then, pull you in by to uh, by it to the abyss of destruction, right? And he says here, وَقَصْتُهُ أَنْ يُرَوِّجَ then he put, uh, uh, his intention is to present evil in, in form of good until he succeeds in making you of those which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about, right? Those who, who lose the most uh, in respect to their deeds, whose efforts have been wasted in life while they reckon that they do good work, right? Again, what is all indicating toward? Intention. Right? Your intention. Like outwardly they're doing good work. But what is your actual intention behind it? Right? On the day of Qiyamah, we're going to figure this out. Right? So I, I, as you guys, as Tullab and I, and I tell all my students, actually two of my students are here doing Ertikaf. Whatever, whenever, no matter where you are, and whenever, always renew your intention with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Always. Right? Because intention is such a thing, you make it once, it's going to be corrupt. In the first 10 or 11 seconds, or even like a minute, it will become corrupt. Right? So right then and there, once you feel that niya and you feel that intention becoming corrupt, automatically you'll be like, you know what? Just keep yourself in check. Umar has a very famous statement, right? Hasibu qabla an tuhasabu. That take yourself into account before you yourself on the day of judgment are taken into account by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Just talking. Oh, no, no. Tell them, listen, come over here. You can listen too. So oh. can it's too late now. Come over there. Uh, inshallah, maybe tomorrow. They're, they're, they're not sleeping or they are? So if you next time, they can 
right? We're sitting here, we're listening to the dust of, of, you know, all these different things that he's saying. But he's like, look, check yourself at all times. And he's saying because shaitan, that's, how, that's what he does, right? You can, so he'll pull in that, he'll, pull, he'll give you the rope, he'll feed you the rope. After he'll pull you into that deep abyss of, uh, of evil. Right? And it's so, so hard to get back to that. Away from that, sorry. And then he says, and at this time, at this point, subhanAllah, shaitan will recite to you the excellence of knowledge in the high rank of the scholars. That automatically starts to, to come in and, and, and like, you know, into our mind. Oh, subhanAllah. Now we're here sitting in Imam Ghazali's book. We're doing, you know, all these different, different halakat. He starts to put this, uh, you know, he starts to plant this seed inside your, inside your head. We have to understand, shaitan is not work. You know, we think shaitan is stupid. Well, he is stupid, right? But I'm saying that the way that he works, he's not. He's been doing this from the beginning of creation, right? He's been doing this since the beginning of time, right? So here, he's saying it's not hard for him to pull up, give us that road of deceit and pull us inside. Well, we're sitting here, and that's what he said. Literally, straight up. He said, And yet, here means to recite unto you, to recite. He's saying it's such a nice way. Oh, subhanAllah, dude, mashallah, you are, you are Mulana Saad, right? You are, you are, you are the guy. You know what I'm saying? Like anybody has, you know, who, these guys have nothing on you. That's exactly what shaitan is feeding to you slowly and slowly. And then he says, Right? And then he says that, um, and that all that has been related about, uh, about it in, other, in hadiths and other narrations. Yeah. So, uh, and so he will divert you from the warning of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi And he says, who he who increases in knowledge, but not in but not guidance, increases only in distance from Allah subhanahu wa taala. So we understand that there's a difference here. You have ilm, you have hidayah, right? You have ilm and hidayah. So what is the inward? What is the outward? What, which one is it? What is the inward? What is the outward? Outward is knowledge. Hmm. What is the inward? Hidayah. Hidayah. Remember going back to his earlier point where he said there is an internal and there is an external at this point. So the ilm itself is your external. Right? But if you're not increasing in guidance, then what's going to happen? Right? No point. No point of your knowledge. Right? You just know stuff. Inshallah. So... Yeah, and then he says, وَعَلْ قَوْلِهِ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامِ And again, Rasulullah s.a.w. mentioned another hadith, إِنَّ أَشَدَّ النَّاسِ عَدَامٍ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ عَالِمٌ لَمْ يَنْفَعَهُ اللَّهُ بِعِلْمِهِ Right? This is very scary. Now he says, of the most severely punished on the day of judgment is the, is the knowledge of a person whom Allah did not benefit through his knowledge. Right? Whom Allah did not benefit through his knowledge. So a person, you can be a scholar, you can, you can graduate and do all these different types of things, but if nobody's benefiting from your knowledge, you know, a lot of times I tell my students is because they're, they're very scared to give khutbah and they're scared to like go out and, and give a talk. Bro, if we're not going to do it, who's going to do it, right? If we're not going to, you know, you guys are learning here, mashallah. You guys are just beginning your journey, right? If we ourselves, and it's not a pride thing, right? It's never a pride thing. That's why, that's why you mentioned so many times, keep yourself in check, keep yourself in check, right? It is thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for ni'mah, right? It's, uh, you know, it's the idhar ni'mah. You're, you're making the ni'mah apparent, that Alhamdulillah Allah has blessed me with this ni'mah and you're thanking Allah subhanahu at the same time. It's not about pride, right? If I myself say I'm a hafiz, right? Am I lying? Right? If I say Fawaz is a hafiz, am I lying? No. I'm telling the truth, but we're just thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the ben- for the for the ni'mah and for the blessing He has given us. If Nabil or whoever else says, like, you know, oh, well, I, I work here or if I do this, he's not lying, right? He's telling the truth. He's just thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the same time. Right? So that this is very, very important as well. Now, whenever you guys are learning, inshallah, you, you guys understand this knowledge and you can pass it on to others, whether it's your, your, your parents or your, you know, your family and what's it called, um, or you know, maybe, maybe you have a cousin or something, no matter who it is, right? So, but always make sure you check your intention first. And then he says, And this is something, this is a dua you guys should all memorize, inshallah, right? Try your best to memorize this dua. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from knowledge that is not beneficial. وَقَلْبٍ لَا يَخْشَعْ And a heart that does not fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, does not khushu' that is not devoted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Yeah, or a heart that does not fear. Yeah, he says, وَعَمَلٍ لَا يُرْفَعْ And then a deed that does not ascend to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? A lot of our deeds that we do, we, if we don't have the correct intention behind them, right? It's not going to be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? It's not going to be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Well, can you repeat that dua one more time? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm just going to finish off dua here. I'll repeat it one more time. وَدُعَاءِ إِلْنَا يُسْمَعُ And oh Allah, I seek refuge in you. That I make a dua and it is not heard by you. Right? So this hadith, I'm going to mention it one more time. اللَّهُمَّ إِنِّي أَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ عِلْمٍ لَا يَنْفَعُ Right? If I'll, I'll, I'll translate it again. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from knowledge that is not beneficial. Right? وَقَلْبٍ لَا يَخْشَعُ In a heart that does not fear. Right? A heart that is not fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَعَمَلٍ لَا يُرْفَعُ And doing actions that are not ascending to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَدُعَاءٍ لَا يُسْمَعُ And that I make dua that is not accepted or that is not heard by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So memorize this dua. Right? I'm going to ask you guys tomorrow what this dua is. So try your best to memorize the dua, and anytime you learn knowledge, anytime you're going to seek any knowledge, whether it's like, you know, inshallah, Saturday, we're, gonna, oh, we're all going to be at Medina Musallah, right? Go there and make this dua, right? Oh Allah, whatever I'm learning here, right? Don't make it such that it's not benefiting, or that it doesn't cause your, you know, your, the fear of you in my heart, right? All these different types of things. Right, yeah, what's up? Uh, could you repeat that, sorry, the third one, doing actions, the... Uh, so, وَعَمَلٍ لَا يُرْفَعْ وَعَمَلٍ لَا يُرْفَعْ Rafa'a means to raise, right? So such an action that I do that is not ascended to Allah, that is not raised, go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the last thing, in la yusma' and I make I seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that I make this dua but it's not heard. We make dua all the time, right? We always make dua to Allah, but do we ever feel like our du'as are accepted? Right? We ever feel like our du'as are we have to, we have this thing in our mind, oh Allah is not accepting my du'as. What is the quality of our dua that we're making? Right, we just put our hands up, say a few words, and that's it. We truly make dua from the heart. Right? That cleanses our heart at the same time, we establish a stronger connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? We establish such a strong connection. That is what happens. So we don't want to fall under this category, right? Where dua is not accepted. So now when we make dua, inshallah, we know that we, ya Allah, complete sincerity. Oh Allah, I'm coming to you. Right? I'm coming to you, Allah. Nothing else. You know, salah in its definition, in the Arabic definition, from the dictionary, salah means dua. Right? Salah literally means dua. To make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, فَإِيَّاكَ يَا مِسْكِينَ أَن لِتَزْوِيلِهِ وَتَدَلَّى بِجَبْلِ غُرُورِهِ Right? And he says here, he's reminding you, that look, yeah, right here, um, that he's reminding you over here, he says, you owe miskin, right? Oh poor one. Right? You're poor. Yeah, with miskin. Right? Don't think don't think you're somebody. That's one thing about the ulama and the scholars in general, whenever they would write a book or anything, they would humble themselves. Right? They would call themselves miskin, faqir, all these different types of things, right? And then when it comes to us, so subhanAllah, Shaykh, doctor, this and that, and then everyone's ah, you know, everybody. No, this is something that he's reminding Right? You stay away from all of Shaitan's, what's it called? Um, all of his deceptions. Right? You stay away from Shaitan's uh, deceptions here. Uh, yeah, right here. He's, this is what he's saying. Oh, let's take it. I lost my spot. So anyway, getting back to, getting back to the, uh, what he says here. So actually, I skipped the hadith. So in another, another riwayah and another narration for the Prophet So we mentioned here three riwayah, three different, different narrations talking about the same thing. Right? 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 One day, the, you know, on the night of Isra'u al-Mi'raj, Rasulullah sallallahu he said he was passing by uh, in, the, uh, in this, on, this, on the sky, and he saw a group of people. He said, That their lips were being cut with scissors that were burning with fire on them. That their lips were being cut with scissors of fire. And he says, So I said, Man antum. Like, who are you people? Right? What, what did you do that was so bad? Right? We used to order with good. We used to tell people to do good. 
used to tell people to stay away from evil. When, uh, and then we would do it ourselves. Right? We tell people to stay away from bad and stay away from good, yet we do it ourselves. This is the adab and this is the punishment for somebody who says to, oh, go ahead, do this, man, and you're not doing it yourself. This was the quality of the ulama of the Banu Israel. Right? That one day you would see them, they'd be like, oh, don't do this. Stay away from this. Don't do that. And the next day they would be sitting with those same people and doing those same actions. This is the quality of, the, of those people. Right? So khayyim inshallah. So that, that's what he's saying. And then he says again, فِيَّاكَ يَا مِسْكِينَ أَن تُلْعِنَا لِتَزْوِيلِهِ وَتَدَلَّى بِدَلُّ غُرُورِهِ So then, O oh, destitute one, of the following, of following shaitan's disingenuous advice and being groped into his deceit. Stay away from shaitan, right? Shaitan, always read this dua, right? We have, um, we have so many different duas that we have to stay away from shaitan. The biggest thing, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ شَطَانُ Right? Always read أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ شَطَانُ And there are two more, uh, two more surahs, which are, they call Mu'awwadatayn, right? Mu'awwadatayn, which is قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ and قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْنَاسِ To keep your, because I know a lot of people, we tell them is they have waswasa. And so what is a cure for waswasa? These, when, when Rasulullah somebody did black magic on him, these two surahs were revealed. These two surahs were revealed to, to Rasulullah right? So قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِالْفَلَقِ and قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْنَاسِ and then he says, Right? He says, Woe to the ignorant one, because he did not seek knowledge, and woe a thousand times to knowledgeable one who did not act upon his knowledge. So the first one is just, okay, he gets one curse from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you saw Imam Ghazali rahimullah. Right? But the one, he gets a thousand times cursed that this guy, he knows something and he's not acting upon it. Right? He knows. And we do this on a, on a regular basis. We know stuff is wrong, yet we still do it. Right? We still act upon those things which are wrong. Why? It's because we don't care. Right? We, don't, we, are, not, we are heedless of the, uh, of the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the teachings of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa We don't care. That's why we do these actions. Once we start to care, once that care enlightens our heart, inshallah, then only we're going to see a difference in life. So, uh, but you have to care first. We have to actually care about Allah. وَعَلَمْ رَحِمَكَ اللَّهِ أَنَّ النَّاسَ فِي طَلَبِ الْعِلْمِ عَلَىٰ ثَلَثِ أَحْوَالِ Now understand, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy upon you. أَنَّ النَّاسَ Indeed the people, when it comes to فِي طَلَبِ الْعِلْمِ When it comes to seeking knowledge, عَلَىٰ ثَلَثِ أَحْوَالِ There are of three types. There are of three types. So now we're getting into how a student of knowledge should be. Right? So now we understand, everybody understands hidayah. And everybody understands ilm, and everybody understands what happens if you, you know, your ilm is the means of your destruction, or if your hidayah is not inside of you, inside you. The first one, inshallah, I'll probably just cover two today because we have ten minutes. All right. So, the first one is رَجُلٌ طَلَبَ الْعِلْمَ لِيَدَّخِرَهُ زَادًا إِلَى المعاد وَلَمْ يَقْصِدْ بِهِ إِلَّا وَجْهَ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى وَالدَّارَ الْآخِرَةُ فَهَذَا مِنَ الْفَائِزِينَ Right. The first is a man who seeks knowledge to make it his provision on the way to the next life. Right? There's a hadith of the Prophet, a very, very beautiful hadith. Right? He says, and this is from the Jawami al Kalim. I've, I've said Jawami al Kalim many, many times. Anybody know what Jawami al Kalim is? Jawami al Kalim. Right? Something word. Yeah, small words of Rasulullah. Yeah, you, you oh. No, can you repeat that first part? About the. Oh, the first time. Oh, okay. So I'm not done with the first type yet. So when I'm done, I'll repeat it. Uh, I think you may remember this when he said very little words, but they have profound An meaning. An ocean full of meaning. Yeah, profound meaning, right? And so here he's saying, he says, uh, he says, Al-kayyisu nafsahu. A smart person, a person who's very, very smart in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, mandana nafsahu. He puts his nafs down. And he prepares for his, uh, he prepares, prepares to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is to come? After death. Alright, this is what he's preparing for. Right, we're seeking knowledge, doing all these things. So we're preparing for our akhirah. That's what he's saying here. That he seeks knowledge to make his provisions on the way to the next life. And he says, ajis, A foolish person, a person who has no knowledge, very, very stupid in the eyes of Allah. Man nafsahu hawaha. He's always following the desires of his nafs. Over and over and over again. Allah, And he has his tamanna, or he has his hope. Allah will forgive me. Right? We give, a, we give ourselves this hope from time to time, right? That, oh Allah, oh Allah will forgive me. That I give myself a hope from time to time that Allah will forgive me. Don't worry, I'm good right now. Inshallah, when I grow up, I'm going to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is what he's saying here. Making your provision, right? Making your zad, right? To 
So I'm repeat again. So the first person, he's the one who takes his ilm and knowledge as his provision for the next life and intends by it nothing other than the countenance of Allah the Most High in the home of the hereafter. Alright, he just wants the akhirah. This is what this is his sole sole intention. What did he say about this person? This person is successful. Or this person has made it. In the eyes of Allah, this person he has definitely made it. Right? And then he says, Did everybody get the first one? Mm-hmm. What's the first one? Six knowledge to make a provision in the next Yeah, life. exactly. For the next life. And turns nothing but the countenance. Exactly. For the countenance of the Akhirah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he's ready for his home in the Akhirah. Right? Remember this hadith I told you before. Who is the smart person? Who is the smart person? I just, yeah. The one who controls his nafs. Uh, he controls his nafs. And who is the foolish person? The one who gives into his desires. And then? What else? He thinks well, ask for Yeah, He still has hope from Allah. Allah forgive me, no problem, right? And then he says here. Uh, now, I'm, this is uh, these next few. These next uh, whole, actually, this whole page is very very scary. وَرَجُلٌ طَلَبَهُ لِيَسْتَعِينَ بِهِ عَلَى حَيَاتِهِ الْعَادِلَةِ. The second is a man who seeks knowledge to assist him in his present life and attain by it honor, right? By it honor. You know there is. There's a hadith of the Prophet that talks about there's going to be three people that come on the, yom, on the day of Qiyamah. One is going to be what? A qari, person who recited the Holy Quran in this life. A person is going to be a shaheed, right? A qari or an alim, a learned person. The second one is going to be a person who sacrificed his life for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the third one is the one who used to be giving sadaqah on a regular basis. He used to give sadaqah all the time. The qari is going to come and he's like, yeah, Allah, right? The person who recites the Quran on a regular basis. He's going to come and he's going to be, yeah, Allah. So he's like, what is, I give, Allah's going to remind him, I've given you so many blessings and ni'mah. What have you done with my deen? Like, what have you done with the religion, I, the, the knowledge that I gave you? So, ya Allah, I became a qari, right? And I recited so much and, I, and I, I, I became an alim and I taught people so much. For you, Ya Allah. And then they said, no, you're a liar. You're a liar. You only did that so people can honor you, right? Or people can honor you. People can remember you as, oh, Sheikh, Mufti, Mawlana, so-and-so. And what is Allah going to do? He's going to fling him face first in the fire of Jahannam. Face first. And then the second is a shaheed. person who died in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fighting for the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's, Allah is going to mention the same thing. I've given you these ni'mas. What have you done? He said, ya Allah, I died in your path. I sacrificed my life fighting for you, ya Allah. But no, you're lying. You only did that so people can remember you as a very, uh, as a very brave person. And the third one, sadaqah. Right? So, ya, ya Allah, what, what's it called? Um, Allah has given you so many benefits. What have you done for my deen? Ya Allah, I used to give sadaqah all the time. I built this masjid. I built that masjid. I built this madrasa. I built that. Allah said, like, you're a liar. You only that so people can know you as a very terrible person. Again, fling, uh, fling first, face first in the fire of Jahannam. This is what he's saying. Do not fall under the second category. Don't, do not do it for honor. And he says here, um, Right? He, enta- he wants honor, good standing, and wealth by, uh, by, by these blessings that Allah has given him. Right? And he knows this. Right? He knows this in himself. He knows that what his intention is. Because who else knows our intention better than our own self? Right? That's what he's saying. So he knows it. And then, مُسْتَشْعِرٌ فِي قَلْبِهِ رَكَاكَةَ حَالِهِ He says, that his, he is aware of what he's doing and feels in his heart that, that his state is not good and his intention is not right. right. But subhanAllah, he still does the action. You know, if you ever feel this in our heart where we're doing something and we know our intention is not right. Remember I told you, if someone starts off with, with his base is wrong, what is it? There's two types, right? There's batil and there's fasid. Batil from the get-go, that your intention was wrong, from the, from the beginning your amal is not going to count. Your, intention, or your, your, your action is not going to count. For fasid, Right? Your iniyah, how does it become fasad? And how does your iniyah become corrupt? You start off with a good intention. But it became corrupt over time. And then because of that, your, your, your amal won't count either. Right? Anyway. So, getting back to this. He um, says, uh, So what is this person? Uh, he says, um, He is of those who, puts, uh, who, who, who put themselves in jeopardy. And then he's basically putting himself in jeopardy with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? He's playing a game with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he says, أَجْلَهُ قَبْلَ التَّوْبَةِ Right? If his time comes, if his death comes before he's unable to make, أَجْلَهُ 
Arabic subhanAllah is such a beautiful language, right? The word ajal means to hasten. The word ajal means time. Right? Even though it's one difference in, the, in letter, right? Ajal and ajal. If his time, basically if his death is hastening, right? if it comes very quickly, before he repents to Allah, subhanahu wa right? it is feared for him a very, very uh, evil and very scary ending. Right? It must be feared that he will come to a bad end. Right? And then, And then, it must be feared that he will come to a bad end and his fate is under divine will. It's up to Allah now. Now, now we can't control his fate. It's between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now. There's no going back from that. And then he says, Sorry, no. He says, uh, Now, if he gets that tawfiq, right? He gets that, uh, that uh, how would you translate tawfiq? If, you, if he gets that, uh, what's it called? Tawfiq. Uh, Ability? Ability, ability, or he feels, he gets that uh, motivation. Yeah. If he's not motivated, to make tawbah, before his ajal has come, before his time has come, then, and now he starts to act upon his knowledge, right? He does, his, the amal that he's doing, it's in conformity with his knowledge. And if he adds good work to his knowledge and redeems himself from his past, uh, past Shortcomings, what's going to be for him? Then for such a person, he's amongst the winners. He's won. He's winning, alhamdulillah. Right? And then he says, For the person who makes tawbah, right, it's as if he has never committed a sin. For that person who seeks repentance from his sin, It's as if he had no sin from the beginning. Subhanallah. Right? These are the final 10 nights of Ramadan. The second day, 10 days were for what? Maghfirah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's never too late, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, لا Do not ever lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is there for us to, ex- to accept our tawbah, right? But what is the quality of our tawbah? Or is our tawbah of the quality that it should be? Right? There are conditions. And I'm going to end off with this inshallah. There are conditions for our tawbah to be accepted. The first one is, that you stop the sin right away. Right? You stop the sin right away. This is the only way that's he's saying here. You want to become amongst those? If you had this, but your intentions were wrong, but you end up making tawbah, the way that your tawbah should be, that you stop the sin right away. Second one, that you feel bad for what you did. The second condition is that you feel bad, that you feel so wrong that astaghfirullah, I committed this sin, knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching me. What is nadama? What is this remorse? This nadama is that remorse that we feel. That subhanAllah, I did this knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has been watching me this whole time. That is what nadama is. To feel bad for what you've done. And the last one is ya'zima. To have this firm and strong intention and have an azam. That he never goes back to that sin ever again. That is how you're going to fall under this category. Right? So we do you guys want to do the third and final one or do you just want to end off? Mm-hmm. I don't know, some of you guys may be tired. No, do it? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Right, let's raise hands. Who wants to do it, inshallah? All right. All right, but I'm going to ask you guys, what are the first two people? Aftab, what's the first person? The first was the blade with six notes to make his religion to make it easier for his hereafter. Okay, good, mashallah. Second person. Thank you. A man who seeks knowledge for honor. Uh-huh. Uh, he knows he's wrong. Is it too late for him? If he doesn't seek refuge. Yeah, if he doesn't seek refuge, him. if he doesn't make tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what if he dies before then? Then it's up to him and Allah, right? Yeah. But if Allah. he seeks refuge before he dies and he acts on his, he fixes his intention, then he's of the winners. And now the last one. So now we talk about the first two. The last one. The third person and the final person. What does he mention about this, this person? Right? Shaitan has completely taken over him, taken over him, completely. Uh, uh, this is a man, he mentioned here in the translation, this is a third is a man who fallen completely under shaitan's sway. Right? How does he do this? He says, He takes the ilm, right? He takes the dhari'a, it's like a way. He takes his knowledge and he uses that as a means to, to increase his wealth. Right? To increase his wealth 
And you know, subhanAllah, it's very, very scary because you know, people like, uh, you know, it's a very, very common practice that people, they, they, will, they will, you know, charge you for all these different types of things, charge you for their ilm and knowledge. And, and what's it called? It ends in, the, in the books of the fuqaha, in the, you know, the scholars, they say, you're not allowed to charge somebody for these reasons. If you're charging somebody for your time, is different. But if you're charging somebody, even for the Qur'an, for Qari, this is actually very, very important. The ulama write, if you're getting paid all right, for Qira'ah, you're not allowed to take that money. Right, you're not allowed to take that money. Because this is the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is available for everybody. Right? So now we are charging for our time. Right? Even for imamat, right, in, 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 in general, I can't get paid because I'm leading salah. I'm getting paid for my time that I'm investing. So anytime, this is very, very important. And he says here, عَلَيْهِ shaitan. He uses, and then he says, And not only, not only that, what did he do? Uh, he boasts of his rank, right? He's like, oh, look at me, right? Look at me, I'm somebody, right? I'm somebody. Do you not know who I am? Do you not know I, I graduated from here, and I'm doing this, and I'm teaching this? Who do you think you are, right? And then, not only that, And now he gains his izza, right? right? He's seeking izza. Right? <coughs> By having a huge following. Right? By having a huge following, he's gained his izza. And then not only that, he continues even more. <laughs> With his knowledge, he explores every avenue. How? Right? With this hope, hoping to gratify all the desires he has for this world. SubhanAllah, if you guys hear and listen, about this, uh, about you know, people who fall under this category. There's been so many examples of how people go after the world because of the knowledge they've been given, because of the qira'ah, they've been, because of the voice they've been given, the qira'ah, right? We were just talking about this earlier, right? If you have a very good voice when it comes to recitation of the Quran, your intention can be corrupt from the beginning. Uh, SubhanAllah, I'm gonna stretch my mud today because there's an uncle in the back, his daughter, mashallah, I wanna marry her. So inshallah, I'm gonna make sure I stretch his mud extra long. And if la mean for like 30 seconds, right? And, and you, you know, subhanAllah. And this is what happens nowadays. Or it could be anything else, right? I'm studying the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Because uh, like this, this guy's daughter is very pious or something like that. And, you know, subhanAllah, this is, this is a regular occurrence. It's, and it's not, you know, it's something, maybe it feels like a bit like of a strange or, you know, something that's not usually, ha this happens so much. What is, the, what is it described as istahwada alayhi shaitan? Shaitan has completely overtaken this person. Right? And then he says here, Right? He has he has literally he has um he has basically what's the word? Yeah, okay. He has convinced himself that he has a status in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's convinced himself that dude, like I am something in front of Allah, right? I am something. Right? Remember I told you before, the habit of the ulama is to always humble themselves. There's a hadith, beautiful hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, right? مَنْ تَوَاضَ عَلِ اللَّهِ رَفَعَهُ اللَّهِ Whosoever humbles himself, Allah will raise them in status. وَمَنْ تَكَذَّرَ وَضَعَهُ اللَّهِ Whosoever has this pride, Allah will put you down. Right? Allah will put you down. And then he continues here, وَهُوَ مَعَ ذَلِكْ يُضْمِرُ فِي نَفْسِهِ أَنَّهُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ بِمَكَانٍ لِإِتِسَامِهِ in, in spite of all this, he still secretly believes he has a place, a high place with Allah because he adorns himself with the out, outer characteristics of the learned, following in their footsteps, in the dress and manner of speech, right? A lot of, there's so many people like this nowadays, right? There's so many people. People dress up outwardly. Remember we were talking about the outward and the inward? The outward people, subhanAllah, dress up as big, big shuyukh. Right, mashallah, they got the scarf going, they got the thing that's over the thobe, and they got everything, mashallah. But then, subhanallah, what are their intentions inside? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. Right? And it's a very good question, you know, for all of us here, that, you know, how, if this person, how do we know this person has the right intention? Or how do we know this guy is a reliable person? Of so We will never know. Or we will never know. He himself, in himself, knows. This, this is advice to you people, to all of us, that look, don't become like this person. If you're on this path of seeking knowledge, do not become like this person, right? We're never going to know how a person like that is. We don't know anybody's maqam with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't know anybody's uh, relationship with Allah. We know our relationship with Allah, right? And he's telling you here that if you're going to do this, then it's, it's a wrap for you. Right? The way his speech and his mannerism is, just like the ulama. And he says... Um, 
Right? All the while rushing with frenzied desire toward the world, inwardly and outwardly. Right? At least for the other person, there was some hope. Right? There was some hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Here he's saying there's no hope for this person. Right? And then he says, Fahada, what is what is the result for this person? Fahada min al He's gonna be completely destroyed. It's over for him. Halakun nafs. You have destroyed your nafs. Not only that, he is one who's foolish. Uh, he, he is one of the foolish, deluded ones. Right? Why? Because this raja, this hope is not cut off from him making tawbah. Because why, what does he think? Because he thinks himself that I'm amongst the muhsineen. That I do good actions all the time. That's what his own thought is. So how is a person... Right? How, is it, how are you supposed to like, convince somebody of doing something or, you know, if they themselves believe that they're, that they're doing the right thing, right? That they, they themselves, right, they believe so strongly, right, they're not going to listen to you. That's what they're saying. On Tawbah, there's, no, there's no hope for his Tawbah. It's a wrap for this guy. And then he says, And he's completely ghafil and unmindful of the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya ayyuhalladina amanu, lima taqooluna ma latafa'anu. All people who believe, Right? Why do you do? Why do you say stuff and not do it? Right? Allah is asking, you know, Right? Why do you say stuff that you don't do? Kabura maktan عند Allah. Right? Allah gives the answer. Right? Right? Like, who is the most Allah? Who does Allah hate the most? Kabura maktan عند Allah and تقولوا ما تفعلون. Right? Allah subhanahu wa taala. What is kabura maktan here? Like, what is what is He trying to say here? Right? He says that the most loathsome, you know something you loathe, you just really, really hate? Right? Most loathsome in the sight of Allah is that you say what you do not, what you do not do. Right? You don't do it. You just say to do stuff, you, you say, oh, do good actions, but you don't do it yourself. This is the most loathsome person in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the last one, he says, And he is amongst those people that Rasulullah said about them in regards to them. Right? This is very scary. He says that there are some that I fear for you more than I do the Antichrist. That I fear these people, you getting into contact with these people, than getting in contact with Dajjal. You know what Dajjal is? Dajjal, we know the Antichrist. He's saying for you to be in contact with these people and these ulama is more fearful to Rasulullah than you getting in contact with Dajjal. Because here Dajjal, outwardly we know he's against Islam. But these people are for Islam, yet they're, in, they're, they're doing this. And then he says, قَالَ عُلَمَاءُ السُّوءُ Right? He, and then he وسلم, said, like the, uh, he said, you know, and, and then, sorry, this is actually a question. فَقِيرَ It was said to him, هُمْ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهُ Who are these people that you're talking about that you fear more for us uh, uh, than Dajjal? He says, عُلَمَاءُ Evil scholars. Right? There's a beautiful hadith I'm going to end off here, inshallah, because we haven't even got halfway done to the, uh, the introduction of the book. Yeah. What's considered evil scholars? What's considered an evil scholar? It's a very good question, mashallah. So an evil scholar, like I said, one thing that our deen teaches us, it says, Look and analyze who you get your knowledge from. Right? A lot of times, outwardly actions of a person can kind of, can kind of you know, gear you towards what kind of person he is. We should never judge people according to their outwardly actions, but if this person is known to have a chain of narrations back to Rasulullah that he's a very, very strong, and you know, mashallah, uh, what's it called? And people know him, and he has a lot of students because, uh, what's it called? He's recognized for his ilm and ulum. He, people know that he's a very reliable source of knowledge. Go to that person. Right? Go to that person. Because there's a lot of people out there that, you know, they'll dress uh, outwardly, like I said, he mentioned him here before. I don't have to say it. That they dress outwardly like they're ulama, but they're really not. Right? They're really, really not. And then, you know, subhanAllah, the, the, you're going to find this the most in colleges. You're going to find this the most in colleges. You're going to find this. Right? People have no knowledge themselves. And you know, they'll dress very nicely and they'll try to tell you something, but they don't know anything themselves. Right? SubhanAllah, how can a person, how can you get guidance from a person? Yeah, what's up, man? Yeah, I just, uh, SubhanAllah, just remind me of the, the hadith about um, the first three people to enter Jahannam. Mm-hmm. I think it was the, the scholar, a scholar, yeah, yeah. a martyr, and a friend of the third Yeah, person. so the, the scholar, the martyr, and the person who used to give sadaqah a lot. So yeah. we just mentioned that hadith before. Okay. Right? We just mentioned that hadith. I think right before you walked in, we were talking about the same hadith. Right? That, SubhanAllah. These are the types of people that, you know, they're going to enter fire jahannam first. One of the first people to enter fire jahannam. And he says, ulama of the evil scholars here. So inshallah, 
we're going to stop there. Any questions, inshallah? Any concerns? I know this is a long session. You guys are probably all drained, but you know, this is this is the reality of a student of knowledge, right? This is how a student of knowledge. You should be aware of all these things at all time. How to how to control your nafs? How to put shaitan keep shaitan away from you? What is the difference between hidayah and actual knowledge in itself? Right? This is how a student of knowledge should act. This is just an introduction. We're only halfway done. Let alone, we haven't even started the book yet itself. Inshallah, once we start the book, that's a whole other story. Right? Then he'll tell you. He really humbles you after that. Right? But inshallah, may Allah give us the understanding of this, and these beautiful teachings. Alhamdulillah. <clears throat> 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 Where else? Something.